Pass First point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond, and you're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is another edition of Mailbag Monday. And listen, I know that it's Wednesday evening, perhaps even Thursday by the time you're listening to this, but none. I didn't get enough questions this week to really churn it out on Monday. I gave you the benefit of the doubt that you you bounce back on Tuesday. That didn't happen either. So here we are on Wednesday, okay? But in any case, it's another edition of Mailbag Monday. It's just a little bit later in the week. Deal with it. If you want to get involved in Mailbag Monday, because folks, all of a sudden, I need I need a ra- I need y'all to rally. I need y'all to be involved. I need help with this content. Uh, I love Mailbag Monday, and I want to keep it rolling. So here's how you do it. Here's how you get involved and help me help you, or just help me. I don't think I'm helping you, but you're definitely helping me. Here's how you do it. You just tweet at me at Mike G Rich. Whatever you're thinking of it, at Mike G. Rich on Twitter. You don't have to wait um, for me to solicit questions, but I do that on Monday mornings around 9 a.m. Pacific time. So you can either respond to that tweet on Monday mornings or just if you have a Trailblazers question or have a NBA question or just have something that goofy that you want to ask me, just tweet it at me, at Mike G. Rich on Twitter. If you are not a Twitter user, I'm proud of you. <laughs> Good job. Stay away. But you can also get involved in Mailbag Monday by emailing me lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. The email address again, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. You email me, you'll get in the show, I promise. Okay, without further ado, like I said, a little light on questions, so it might get a little wacky here, but we're still rolling. I'm not I am not deterred by a by a low low turnout in the middle of a global pandemic, in the middle of the revolution. When the NBA season is still a month away and it's coming back in the weirdest fashion of our lives, um, I will not be deterred because you you have not. So let's get let's just get into it. KJM underscore bball at bball KJM on Twitter asks, Mike, haven't listened in a while while other things in the world have had my attention. No shit, KJM. Uh, I hear you, but thanks for leaning back into basketball briefly. Your question is, if the Blazers are to make the playoffs, who has to raise their game the most? CJ, Mello, maybe Nurk returns and is immediately dominant? Well, when you initially asked this question, KJM, Trevor Ariza had not opted out of uh, of the Orlando restart plan in order to spend uh, a month-long visitation window with his 12-year-old son. Um, so... I think I think it has changed a little bit. Like I think I think the answer now is probably Gary Trent Jr. and Mario Hazonia because the Blazers suddenly have to replace a bunch of minutes at their worst position though on the wings like they don't Ariza was really competent at what he did. He wasn't, you know, this the superstar, but he was really competent at what they did what he did and he they just didn't have depth at that spot. They didn't have depth before he got there. They definitely don't have depth without him. Um so now I kind of think it's Gary Trent Jr. and Mario Hazonia is the answer to your question. But if I was answering this in the spirit of when you asked it, which was before we had the Ariza news, I probably think it's Nurk. Um, CJ seems like the obvious choice. The Blazers path to success last year in the playoffs was because what CJ does so well is more important in these heavily scouted games. But I think the restarted eight, like seeding games to get to the playoffs are a little bit different than a seven game series. Their teams aren't going to be heavily scouted the same way. It's going to be more like roll the ball out. Also, it sounds like the Disney, uh, restart plan is going to include games all day. So you're, you're talking about a noon start against, 
for a reseeding game, a noon start with no fans in a strange gym. I mean, it's going to be really weird. Um, the weirdness won't impact CJ, but I think what C- when CJ really thrives is when you've played a team a bunch of times and heavily scouted a team and you know every single thing they're going to run. And CJ is just has that one-on-one scorer counters ability to go get loose. I think that's more valuable once they make the playoffs. But just to the, get to the playoffs, I think it's Nurk. Um, I think the Blazers have missed a little bit of a balance inside. They've tried to find it with Carmelo, but he's a little bit different than Nurk. He doesn't run pick and rolls. They run ISOs for him. So I think a two-man game where Nurk comes back and is really useful and is like a really good defender on top of being a, a valuable, you know, pick and roll partner with Damian Lillard. Um, he's a much better, he's such a better passer than Hassan Whiteside. I think that's one thing we'll appreciate when he gets back. So yeah, I think Nurk is the answer here. I think it's Nurk is the guy who pushes them forward. That said, that's a, that's an unfair ask for a dude who hasn't played in 15 months. The Blazers path to the playoffs, like if they're going to make the playoffs, it's going to be because Dame and CJ are really good. Um, but if all things considered, there's other, obviously other factors, which I've just touched on. KJM, thanks for the question. Don't worry about tuning out. There's the the world has so many more important things. Lockdown Blazers loves and appreciates you. We will be here when you feel comfortable returning. Don't worry about it. Next question comes from Logan Gillis, who asks, is there any former Blazers PG who could beat Damian Lillard one-on-one in their prime? Kenny Anderson, Rod Strickland, Andre Miller. He says, I should get the language right. He says, Kenny Anderson, Strick, Andre Miller. Like he doesn't really know Kenny Anderson, but, but Logan is super familiar with Rod Strickland. So he calls him Strick. Um, I like the Kenny Anderson one, creative, but he's not, I don't, I feel like he's not big enough. The guys like guards who, who give Dame trouble, it seems, um, are like Mike Conley, who's not big, but he's, but he's a good defender. So I guess it's not really offense. And, and you're asking about giving him buckets, but Kyle Lowry is a name that comes to mind. Not a tall person, but just like a big dude, a barrel chested guy who, who kind of gets into Dame, uh, so I, I like Kenny Anderson. Um, I think he's definitely a choice, but I don't know if he's just like a straight up enough bucket, so to speak, um, that he would definitely give Dame problems. He would. He, I think he's of the ones you listed. I think he's he's my choice. Andre Miller would give Dame some problems, but eventually his he just doesn't have he just his game is pretty simple on offense he's gonna pump fake with two hands god bless him and he's gonna try to post up um i think he would score on dame but he wouldn't he wouldn't beat him one-on-one um rod strickland i love i think he's most one of the most underrated players of the last 30 years for the blazers um it'd be fun in his prime to see to see that you know 1996 rod strickland go at him but my pick this is super corny i think but my pick in his prime is jeff petrie yeah, Jeff Petrie, who was an all-star in 71 and 74, averaged 24 points per game on in three separate seasons against uh, with the Blazers, excuse me. And against Dame, he's 6'4". Um, you know, he's... The, the game was pretty different in the 70s. I think Dame might whoop his ass, honestly. But uh, if I'm going to pick outside the box, uh, I, I like... I'll rank him. How about that? I'll say Jeff Petrie, number one. Kenny Anderson, number two, Rod Strickland, three, and Andre Miller, four. Shout out to Damon Stoudemire, who didn't make the list, but we'll put him honorary in there at five. All right, second segment coming back, answering more of your questions. But first, I want to tell you all about rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. 
They got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On and their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com All right. Still Mailbag Monday. We're still going to keep it rolling with more of your questions. This next one comes from Tom O'Dell at ZimaGuy69 on Twitter who asks, Mike, can you club us over the head with how doomed the Blazers are without the services of one Trevor Reason Orlando? Matthew at Reverend Romulus asks a similar question. He says, should the Blazers add a player to replace Reason in the bubble? And if they should... And if they do, should it be another forward or a big man? Do you have some specifics you'd like to see them bring in? So y'all asked this question before I recorded the Trevor Ariza, full Trevor Ariza episode that I released on Monday. Look back in your feed. It's the most recent episode. I did 25, maybe 30 minutes on Ariza. He's he's decided to sit out. He's in a prolonged custody battle for his 12-year-old son. He's got a visitation window that coincides with going to Orlando. He's choosing to be a father over a basketball player. He's doing the right thing. There's no debate about that, but there are real basketball implications. As as ZimaGuy69 says, you want me to club you over the head? Here's the real truth. Trevor Reza played 33 minutes, almost 34 minutes a night for the Blazers. And they're not even a 500 level team. They were good with him on the floor, but they were just, they were like d- decent when Ariza played, but they were really bad when he was off the court. And now you're dealing with that for instead of 15 minutes a night, 48 minutes a night. And you're asking 36 year old Carmelo Anthony to play small forward. That's, that's just a bad plan. Mario Hazonia to step into real starters minutes in the most important games of his career, or at least important NBA games of his career. Um, that seems like a a big ask for someone who I don't think um, he's kind of been the guy Terry Sacha spends most of the game yelling at. He is he has assumed the Myers Leonard role of dude that Terry screams at. So that seems like a bad choice because Terry's going to yell at him for thirty five minutes a night. Or it's Gary Trent Jr., who is someone who has played well in spots and is a two guard. He's a he's a two. Um, I think you can. I think they can survive. I think he's. I think Gary Trent Jr. starts. Um, at small forward, I think I, you know, I, I ran through this all in the previous podcast, so I won't go too deep into it, but they're just, um, they finally had a competent answer and they had maybe six dudes who could play. And now they're down to five dudes who can play. And it's, it, they're just, well, the five dudes who can play assumes uh, that was, you know, pre Zach Collins and Nurk coming back. So I guess they're up to seven, but they just got a lot of centers. They don't have, a th- they just don't have wings. This team doesn't have wings. It's something that they'll have to address in the future. Uh, you know, potentially they address it uh, this week, but I, I, I'm starting to sincerely doubt it. 
Um, you know, maybe maybe Jalen Horde shines. But listen, the Blazers are, I don't know if doomed is the right word. Um, I'm not questioning your word choice. I just like, that's a fine word. I'm, I'm more saying like they might make the playoffs with with without. Ariza, right? They're, they're Damian Lode's good enough. They've got good enough talent. They might they might make the playoffs. They might be able to fake the funk for eight games, catch Memphis, make it happen. Their chances of like being a fun playoff surprise without Ariza, zilch, none. Who guards? Just ask yourself this, Zima guy sixty nine. Who guards LeBron James in round one? Okay. Rev Romulus, you want me to name some names? I gave out Justin Anderson in the previous pod. I think some other names to add to that list would be former national champion at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, Theo Pinson, recently waived by the Nets. He's not a good he's not a good solution. I think Theo's probably an NBA player. I'm calling him Theo like we're boys. He's my boy, one of my all-time favorites at Carolina, but I don't know him. Um it, it, I yeah, I think he's I think he's an NBA player. I don't think he's like a solution for replacing Trevor Reza. He wouldn't have got waived by the Nets in favor of Tyler Johnson. He's kind of a point forward, like ball in his hands forward who can who shot much better in the G League than he did in the pros. Um he's you know, that I that's just for me. That one's for me. For you, I'll throw out a name, Iman Shumpert. Um Shump also played for the Nets and then was later waived um this year. And so did Justin Anderson. So maybe the thing that I want the Blazers to do is sign a former net. Uh I guess subconsciously that's that's what I'm really rooting for. No, but um Shump is like he he's okay. Like he's he seems like a serviceable veteran. He's been out of the league. Um but he did have that weird beef with Yusuf Nurkic when he played for the Kings in that in the 2018-19 season. Uh he's not too far removed from being a role player on a championship team in two, in 2017. Um, but he, you know, he hasn't been really, he hasn't done a lot in the league since then. Uh, I don't think he's a great solution and he does have that weird beef with Yusuf Nurkic. So I don't think he's a reasonable solution, but Amon Shumpert and Theo Pinson, I'll add to the list. Um, listen, there just aren't a lot of wings. There aren't a lot of, if there were good wings available, they'd already be, you know, if there were like six, eight serviceable wings, um, who could play defense and shoot threes, they, they wouldn't be unemployed that, you know, so sorry, Rev, but those are two more names. I gave you two more names. Is that good? You happy? Honestly, You've been a longtime supporter of this podcast, so I know you're happy. You're like Theo Pinson. I don't know you, but you're my dog. Okay, third segment. We're going to come back and uh, finish out the show like we do, answering more of your questions. But before we get there, I want to tell you all about Bill Bar. You heard me talk about Bill Bar. I've been doing it. I'm going to keep doing it because it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Comes in 16 amazing flavors. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they got a wonderful texture. They're soft and easy to chew. So yeah, they're delicious. That's a good deal. You got that's that's step one. You got a delicious bar. You've eaten protein bars in the past. They aren't all delicious. Some of them are chalky and gross. These aren't that. These are just things that taste good. In addition to being things that taste good, they're also healthy. Great for the health conscious among us. They're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. So get your hands on some of these. They taste good and they're good for you. If that sounds like something you want to do, here's what you do. You go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. That'll get you $10 off your first order. So go to BuiltBar.com, put in that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get $10 off your first order. Still a pass-first point guard. Still locked on Blazers. 
I'm still Mike Richmond, and this is still Mailbag Monday on a Wednesday. Let's keep it rolling with more of your questions. Rev Romulus, Matthew, at Rev Romulus on Twitter, my dog, asked a follow-up question because he listened to the Ariza episode and realized that he needed to ask a follow-up. So he hit us with this follow-up. He says, I will accept a prediction on who you think the best singles ping pong player will be on in the Blazers bubble. You will be reminded that the NBA is allowing guy they're allowing teams to play something like 250 basketball games while in the Disney bubble, but while they're there they're not allowed to play doubles ping pong, singles only. They got to after playing high leverage, high intensity basketball where they'll be sweating on each other when they get back to the hotel, they got to stand far apart and play ping pong separate from one another. Does this sound like a bad idea? That's cuz it is, okay? That's cuz it's a bad idea. But in any case, who is the best who's the best ping pong player in the Blazers? In the past, it was it was Myers Leonard. Uh they used to have a I'm sure they still do. It just ha- I just haven't seen it out. But at the practice facility, they got a ping pong table. They would roll it out, and him and him and Cayman would go at it. Um, so I'm kind of thinking they need to be long, like great reach, seven feet tall is going to be good. Um, it would help if they went to multiple years of college, because I feel like um, that sort of atmosphere gives you a lot of free time to play, uh, play some ping pong. So um, that's we're narrowing it down. But the Blazers just don't have a lot of dudes who went to multiple years of college. Anthony Simons didn't even go to college. Gary Trent Jr., one year. Carmelo Anthony, one year. Nazir Little, one year. Mario Hazonia, none. Trevor Reza, not even going to be in Orlando, but he only went to one year of college. Uh, Damon CJ, they're four-year college guys, but they're not seven feet tall, so they're not going to they're not going to make my list. Uh, Caleb Swanigan is is up there, multiple years, Big Ten school, kind of kind of fits the uh, that Myers Leonard profile. So Jalen Horde, Moses Brown, one year, Zach Collins, one year, uh, Yusuf Nurkic, no college. So by process of elimination, the best two ping pong players on the Blazers roster are Caleb Swanigan and Rodney Hood. And for my money, I'm going with Rodney Hood because he's left-handed and it's always harder to play paddle sports against someone who's left-handed. Now, look, I don't think Rodney Hood is going to be in Orlando. It would be weird if he went to Orlando. seems very unlikely that he will join the team there as he rehabs from Achilles surgery. So I guess by my own stupid process of elimination, Caleb Swanigan is the best ping pong player on the Trailblazers. Who saw that one coming? Bet you didn't, Rev, or other dear listeners. Okay, next question comes from Andy from Gmail, who says, if you were creating an all-time Blazers starting five and Rasheed Wallace had to be in the starting lineup, which big man would you pick to play alongside him? Andy, I didn't think about this for more than two seconds. The answer is Bill Walton. I don't know if this was meant to trip me up or I'm supposed to consider what Sheed's specific skill set is, but if I am picking a, a another big to be on the team, it's going to be Bill Walton, the dude who won MVP and was as good as any player has ever been wearing a Trailblazers uniform. He's also a really good passer. Uh, He could guard centers, which I think would help um, the all-time starting five in this hypothetical game they're going to play. He could play inside while while Sheed kind of hangs out on the perimeter and be effective. I think in general, it's, I mean, it was always Walton. Like you give me any, any person who plays four and, and who do you want me to, who do I want to play next to him? 
Like Sharif Abdurrahim, yeah, it's going to be Bill Walton. I think he pairs nicely with him. Lamarcus Aldridge is going to be Bill Walton. I think he pairs nicely with him. Dale Davis, oh, he's playing four. Cool, we'll put Bill Walton next to him. Like it could be, it could be literally anyone, and I pick Bill Walton. But um, specifically, I think Bill and Rashid will play okay next to one another. Next question comes from Jason from Gmail. Jason asks, when it's all said and done, who has the better career, Simons? Or Trent Jr. So Anthony Simons, Gary Trent Jr. This was, this is a good, this is, I like this question a lot. And here's why. At the beginning of the year, Gary Trent Jr. was supposed to be an afterthought in the rotation. And Anthony Simons was the heir apparent, the backup point guard, the next young stud drafted by Neil Olshay and put into the Blazers development system. And they cleared the path for him to, to be a star. And I am a believer when NBA players tell you someone's good. Evan Turner was emphatic with me multiple times that Anthony Simons is not just like a good basketball player that he's going, but that he's going to be a star in the NBA. Dame has pretty much said the same thing, but E.T. was really serious about it when I when I was asking him. Um, they didn't really say the same thing about Gary Trent Jr. But then a funny thing happened: the the year played out, and Gary Trent Jr. is a was a significantly better contributor, and is to the to to this point has been a significantly better contributor in the NBA than Anthony Simons. So if you're just judging by production alone, it's Gary Trent Jr. But when it's all said and done, I am going to guess that Simons has a little bit better career. And that's not because I'm low on Gary Trent Jr. because where he chose to go to college. Um, he seems like a cool guy in my interactions with him. And um, he lost twice to Carolina. So he paid his dues, baby. Um, it's it's mostly just because Gary Trent Jr. seems to be the and he could take a big step forward, right? He wasn't supposed to play, and he's and he all of a sudden is a big contributor. But he seems to be have a skill set that is tailored to be a role player, right? He's a high energy defender, if he not effective one, at least someone who plays hard on that end. And he is a catch and shoot guy and a one or two dribble pull up move type of guy. Um, he doesn't have a ton of individual offense. He scores by getting by being in the right spot and making smart little plays um, just in terms of cutting and, and, and relocating and things like that. And he can really shoot it. Like, I think he's, he could be a long-term fit in, in the pros. And like I said, to date, he's been way better than Simon's. Like it's not, there's not, it's not a, it's not debatable. He's just, he just has been better, just objectively a better NBA player than Anthony Simon's. But why I'll say this about Simon's, he didn't play at Duke. He didn't get the tutelage of uh, the second best coach in the ACC, Mike Krzyzewski. And he, so he didn't, he, you know, he hadn't played against high, the highest level competition the same way that uh, Gary Trent Jr. did, or the, you know, high level competition playing at IMG Academy in that post-grad year that he did. And I think his skill set sort of screams more, like, a little more, a wider, a wider array of options. He can dribble and create his own shot, and he's a better, he's a better just, like, leaper-type athlete um, than Gary Trent Jr. I don't know if he's, if he's, like, way better, way more athletic than Gary Trent Jr., but just in terms of, like, raw athleticism, his, his, his just ability to get up towards the rim and get to spots, he seems like someone... He seems to have the sort of skill set of someone who could, who has the makings more of a star. He has the star type skill set. Whether he'll ever realize that is uh, remains to be seen. So I'll pick Simons by a hair. I think Trent Jr. has an easier path to being a successful NBA player, but he, if I'm picking who's better, you know, seven years from now, I'll say that Simons ends up as a slightly better player. That's all the questions we have this week. Send me some questions. 
Help me out. Tweet at me, at Mike G. Rich, or send me an email, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. I can make it happen with the seven questions we got this week, but a fuller show is a fuller show. That's kind of how it works, y'all. So do me a favor. Send me questions if you got them. I love Mailbag Monday, and I understand we're in a strange part of the season when it's not the offseason or the postseason, so... um I get it, but you know, I want to keep it rolling. So if you've got questions, p- please send them in. Holler at your boy at Mike G. Rich on Twitter or lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. You can also just tell your friends about this podcast. They'll be able to find it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked On Blazers. We'll be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.